welcome back to the very next episode of The Mesa Message, your one-stop shop for news, updates, good books, and interviews from the Mesa program at TCC. I'm your host, Tabby, and we're going to go ahead and get rolling. So the good news is, is that uh, even though we're still in the middle of a pandemic, it's the middle of summer, so hopefully uh, you are enjoying some hot, warm sunshine. We are on the cusp of fall, so while I don't have any official updates from Mesa or even from the TCC campus, don't forget to check your student email. Um, Also make sure that you're registered for fall, and if you haven't already, get in to see your advisor. Schedules are filling up. This week for our Mesa Book Club, we're featuring um, Ender's Game, written by Orson Scott Card. So Ender's Game is the first book in a five-part series. In my opinion, it's really the only one worth reading, honestly. Sometimes, uh, you know, the, the whole thing isn't great, and that's my opinion in this one, but I did really enjoy Ender's Game. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis. I was like, what's that little thing called on the back of the book? <laughs> synopsis. In order to develop a secure defense against hostile alien races next attack, government agencies breed child geniuses and train them as soldiers. A brilliant young boy, Andrew Ender Wigan, lives with his kind but distant parents, sadistic brother Peter, and the person he loves more than anyone else, his sister Valentine. Peter and Valentine were candidates for the soldier training program but didn't make the cut. Young Ender is the Wigan drafted into the orbiting battle school for rigorous military training. Ender's skills make him a leader in school and respected in the battle room, where children play at mock battles and zero gravity. Yet growing up in an artificial community of young soldiers, Ender suffers greatly from isolation, rivalry from his peers, pressure from the adult teachers, and an unsettling fear of the alien invaders. His psychological battles include loneliness, fear that he's becoming like the cruel brother he remembers, and fanning the flames of devotion to his blooded, beloved sister. Not blooded, beloved. Is Ender the general Earth needs? But Ender is not the only result of the genetic experiments. The war with the buggers has been raging for a hundred years, and the quest for the perfect general has been underway for almost as long. Ender's two older siblings are every bit as unusual as he is, but in very different ways. Between the three of them lie the abilities to remake a world. If the world survives, that is. Uh, This is definitely an interesting, uh, other than just being science fiction, it's an interesting look um, at psychology and it's a little, little loopy sometimes. There were times I remember reading this where it was like, oh, does that just happen? And in fact, yes, it did. Uh, So go ahead and check out Ender's Game. I think that it's uh, definitely a book worth reading and one that you'll enjoy. Uh, This week we are sitting down with Adrienne Scarcella, and we are very excited to talk to her. She's got some great stories for us, so let's go ahead and roll into that. Thank you so much, uh, Adrienne, for taking the time to sit down and talk with us today. Um, To get us kind of started, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, Um, well, like I said, I'm Adrienne Scarcella. I am a lab tech for the biology department. And I'm in charge of the second floor, second floor. So that's the AMP biology, bio 175, which is one of the intros, microbiology and molecular biology, and also the earth sciences, which is kind of funny because I have no experience with earth sciences. I just, I'm learning, I'm learning as the days go on, but before that, I just, out of a bunch of rocks so <laughs> I uh I've I've been in I have done some work with Ralph Hitz and so I've been into like the geology section yeah. but I'm kind of like you it's like this is cool but these are all rocks to me yeah like, <laughs> I love Ralph though he's great I'm actually helping him right now with some of his research because usually he has students to do it with no students on campus he doesn't have that help so um, I'm learning as we go but um yeah yeah, that's really fantastic. So can you give us kind of a peek? What what exactly does being a lab tech entail, especially for a community college? Okay, so for me, my position, I communicate with instructors on 
on the lab. So just I focus just on the lab portion of the uh, biology courses. So I communicate with instructors on what labs they're going to do, what they need, how they want to do it. If there's changes or something new they want to try, they work with me directly to troubleshoot and try things out. So for example, they're talking about doing uh, take-home kits for microbiology in the fall. So I'm actually working with the instructor and walking through the lab, trying different medias and troubleshooting, um, and just trying to fine tune uh, the lab. And so one, I kind of walk through it like as if I was a student, so I could see what issues a student might come upon, um, or what we can do to make it a little smoother and easier, safer. So safety is a big part of my job as well. So I'm not only am I one of the safety officers for Building 15, I'm part of my job also entails lab safety. So um, that could that could range from a lot of things. So uh, making sure things are properly disposed of, making sure labs have the proper personal protective equipment. Um, up-to-date equipment as well. And then another thing that I do is the lab equipment. So that could range from microscopes to balances to PCR machines. Just if there's an issue with equipment, they call me first. That doesn't mean I always can fix it, <laughs> so, but um, it's my job to fix it or to get it fixed. Uh, another thing I do is I do all the purchasing for the biology courses that I'm in charge of. So I buy a lot of stuff, basically. <laughs> they gave me a little P card that I get to shop, but I mean, it's all for the lab, of course. Oh, something I forgot to mention that I'm also in charge of the pro section. I mean, I, I, the pro section class falls under uh, my umbrella as well. So I order the cadavers for the biology department. I do the upkeep. Um, I store them. Like this summer, I'm having to regularly um, spray them with a lubricating oil so that they don't dry out, which also leads to the dissection animals. So I'm in charge of ordering all the animals that are used for dissection, properly storing them. And then the safety aspect of that is like keeping the SPSs, those are safety data sheets, and it just tells you what level of um, a, a chemical, like a chemical or reagent that we're using. Um, it just describes it, how harmful it is, how to properly store it, the do's and don'ts of a chemical or reagent. So that's another aspect. Let's see. Oh, I think I said this, but I set all the labs up as well. I don't know if I said that. So, uh, okay. So that's a big part of my job too, is I will go in and set the lab up prior to the lab. And so, um, normal days when, um, everybody's in class, that can be kind of a quick turnover. So, um, if there's one type of uh, AMP2, 42, and then the next hour is a bio 175. I have to go in there real quick and clean everything up and then switch everything out with all the supplies that they need. So that is a, that's the part that keeps my job pretty busy and not having that right now has given me a lot of extra time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> so. so I'm kind of curious, you, you said that with everything being like it is, everybody's working, well, not working, but educating remotely. Uh, all of our classes right now are online and they're talking about those take-home kits for a fall quarter. Has that been uh, kind of exciting for you to kind of basically help develop new procedures and ways to do things? Yes. Yeah, so it is um, in the early stages. So there's a lot of hoops that have to be jumped through um, when you start a new lab in general, but there's even more hoops since these are labs that will be sent out to students, not to mention they involve bacteria. The bacteria, though, is all found in food, so it's stuff people have usually on hand anyways. 
but again, we're sending bacteria to students' home. And um, so we're in the early stages, but um, so part of my job has been to help um, uh, like do risk assessment on everything that would be used, how we would properly dispose of everything, how we would um, get everything to students, and um, and then there's a chain of command. So um, we and then there's liability issues. So um, making a new contract for your student, like there's lab safety contracts when you go to when you're on campus. Yeah. So we need to we're we're making one that um, can translate to a student's home, and um, so it's not official yet, but it is what we're working on. But yes, it's it's there's a lot of little details um, that I didn't know about. Um, but one of the cool things is um, the micro instructor wants to use sourdough starters, and um, it's how you make sourdough bread. So it's just flour and water, and um, but there's bacteria in there. There's yeast and lactobacilli, and that's part of the process of um, making bread. So um, I've actually been playing with the sourdough starter and basically taking care of it. I have to feed it regularly, and um, and then I have been trying it on different types of medias and. Um, and playing with the medias as well, like how much auger do we need and what would be best for students. Like our first batch of auger, uh, one of the augers, there's a potato dextrose um, auger and um, it came out really soft. And for me, I can do that because I have experience with that. But a student who's never plated bacteria with a metal loop on auger, would definitely have issues with it and would poke it. So then we have to go back and try to, um, you know, uh, change the recipe a little just to make it a little firmer. So, you know, it's trial and error and it's fun. And now the sourdough starter is kind of like my little baby. So I've been <laughs> taking care of it for months now. So, um, but yeah, it, it's fun and exciting. And, you know, so my job is very back, back of the scenes. I don't have a lot of interaction with students, but I do play a huge role in supporting students um, in, a, in the lab setting. So um, it's, it's fun to, it's fun and meaningful, it's meaningful to, um, I know how important certain lab skills are for a student. Um, and it's important for me that, students are able to gain those skills even though everything is online um, because there's some skills that you, you have to do it I mean there's you can't you can watch a million videos and you can read this and read that but until you actually manually do it it's not the same and you're you need those um, hands-on uh, experiences and so it's Right now it's been challenging, but I like challenging, um, interesting, and I've been learning a lot, um, and, and just all of us trying to reach that goal of making sure the students get what they need, um, some of the critical skills for a biology major. So, um, so it's exciting and, and meaningful, you know? That's really exciting. Um, yeah. You are an educator without being the face of an educator, which I, I didn't realize how many things that you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I worked hand in hand with the instructors. And, you know, that's something I really love about TCC is all the instructors I work with, um, they are super supportive of me. And um, where I have a wide range of um, disciplines, I mean, it's all biology, but it's, um, a wide range of uh, different types of biology. Mm -hmm. And I've dabbled here and there um, with different ones, um, but I um, haven't been immersed in one to the extent of some of the instructors. And, um, but they're so supportive and they just take me under their wing and um, they teach me and, um, and guide me and work with me and uh, like, I'm constantly learning, which which I really love because when I graduated, um, 
I, I struggled a little bit not being a student anymore because um, being a, one, being a student was my identity for five years, you know, like that's who I was. And, um, and there's that community that's associated with, um, with a college. And um, so when I had graduated, it was kind of hard. Plus, I love learning. Uh, I love learning. And um, the job I had gotten after school um, was very monotonous. Uh, can't talk. Monotonous. Thank you. Yep. Very monotonous. And, um, and I felt like I basically wasn't using my brain a lot. I wasn't having to think a lot. And, um, and I was, I was kind of getting depressed over it. And um, so something that's really cool about this lab tech job is, um, I mean, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't learn something new. And, um, and, and I love it, you know? That's really fantastic. And I'm surrounded by knowledge, you know? So I'm like, ah, oh, let me soak it all up, you know? Um, and um, so, yeah. And they're, most of the people that I have met are willing to share that knowledge with you. They get excited when you get excited too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I have not had... I have not had a negative experience with um, one instructor there. Um, so yeah, everybody's been super awesome. Yay. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change gears just a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to know more about you. So where, okay. where did you grow up? What was it like growing up there? Um, okay. So I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, um, but I was only there until about four years old. Then I moved to um, Boise, Idaho, but I was only there for a couple of years. Um, then I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, and I was there until high, um, high school. Then I moved to Vicksburg, Mississippi, and that's where I went to high school. I'm not military, by the way, no military. <laughs> and and um, then moved, after high school, I moved back to Tennessee, because that's where um, I had spent the most time out of my childhood, and that felt, that's where most of my friends were, and that, that just felt more like home. And um, so, um, uh, my mom I was a single mom until she married my stepdad, and that's one of the things that got us moving around. Um, and my dad was not around. Um, I actually didn't meet my dad until I was 15. And that would be a whole nother Zoom <laughs> session. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, um, and then my mom met my stepdad, and that's, he went back to school. And that's what got us to um, Idaho and then Tennessee. And um, he um, is a chemical engineer now. And so then because of his work, uh, he worked at paper plants. So that moved us around a little bit. My mom uh, is a criminal attorney and, um, you know, growing up, so my mom wasn't around a lot um, with work and everything. So I, I was on my own a lot and, um, and I actually found comfort in school and, uh, and uh, with my teachers. And so that uh, kind of was an outlet and uh, a sense of belonging for a while was, um, so I just dove into school and from a very young age um, and um, and I did really well at school school came easy for me until college until college <laughs> and um, but um, let's see and I actually dropped out of high school mm-hmm. and um, yep and I've got a GED and um, so I got my GED really quickly after that. Um, and honestly, it was because of issues at home. Um, um, yeah, it was, um, yeah, uh, there's just issues at home. And um, I had uh, some things happen to me at a really young age that, um, aren't okay and shouldn't and um and I just needed to get out of there and um and so I I moved back to Tennessee on my own and um and then um so I I got pregnant at 19 
And, um, and during that time, uh, from high school to uh, my daughter's pregnancy, um, I worked at restaurants. I was a server. And um, so I got pregnant. And um, after I had my daughter, I decided I wanted to go back to school. Um, so since I was a kid, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, that was always my goal. And um, so I started school in um, Tennessee Community College. And um, I ended up getting it. I was actually, so my, I was going to school for biology and theater. Um, I was a double major. Yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to be, a, I love theater. And, yeah. um, but there's no, there's, so theater was like the passion of mine. Um, but they're, you know, it's not reliable trying to, um, raise a kid and have a career, um, in theater. So that was just to feed the passion side of me, you know, something fun to balance out the biology. Yeah. You got to feed what you love sometimes. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so, um, I ended up getting in a really bad car wreck. Um, and I spent 15 weeks in the hospital and, um, it was bad. And, um, and that kind of put a halt on school for me. Um, and then after, um, after it took me about a year to recover fully to not even fully, but to like be able to take care of myself, uh, completely. And, um, and, and, you know, honestly, the, the physical aspect wasn't the hardest. It was like the emotional and mental aspect of having your whole world crash, um, come crashing down. Uh, cause I went from, you know, being very active and, um, going to school and working and mom and, um, just every, uh, very busy to not being able to do anything. And, um, that, so that was really hard for me. Um, yeah. So anyways, uh, school got pushed back and, um, then I eventually moved to Washington and um, I got pregnant with my son and um, um, and then let's see a few years later I decided okay it's time to do something you know I need, I need to get back to school because throughout um, those years about 10 years um, yeah, I think it was about 10 years and um, 10 years-ish that I hadn't been in school. I, that was just something in the back of um, back of my head that oh, I need to get back to school. I, I want to get, not I need, I want to, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, so I uh, enrolled at Tacoma Community College. And um, so that's kind of cool that I was a student there. Yeah. Now I work there. Um, and went for biology. And again, my path was still to be a veterinarian. So I was pre-vet at TCC. And, um, and then after TCC, I went to PLU. And again, it was still pre-vet, pre-vet, pre-vet. And um, that was my goal. And um, so I, somebody had suggested that I like, actually, so, um, I did a wine tasting event for the TCC Foundation, oh. and and um, actually did it a couple times. And um, but anyways, um, Bill Ryberg had introduced me to um, a veterinarian who was at one of the wine tasting events, or no, introduced me to somebody that I forgot the guy. My name was awful. Anyways, introduced me to somebody who was good friends with a veterinarian and um and so i shadowed him for a little bit and um and then i started going to um the zoo had like um i forgot what they called it but they're like information sessions on how to be a veterinarian and just anyway so um i had learned that uh there's a lot a lot of debt associated with that school mm -hmm. um, and there are not I can't I can't um, sorry somebody's calling um, okay. I can't think of um, I couldn't find any scholarship or aid to help with that school 
not saying that it's not out there, but I did look and, um, and, um, and veterinarians don't really make that much. Um, and with two kids, I just felt like it wasn't a good idea to go into debt for 200 plus and then not even be able to um, pay it off. Um, that worried me and it didn't seem secure for my future and my kids' future, you know? Um, it's one thing if you go in debt that much and are able to pay that off, you know? But with there being a high probability that that wouldn't happen, um, it just didn't seem safe. And um, so anyway, so then I thought, well, I'll, um, I'll just get a PhD in animal science. And um, so after PLU, um, I actually, so after PLU, I started um, working for Brown and Haley, Almond Roca. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was a QA tech and I worked in the micro lab and um, I tested uh, the raw ingredients for food pathogens and um and that was an interesting job. And if you're surrounded by candy, you got to eat candy all the time. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> cool, you know. Anyways, um, but anyways, so um, again, my goal was to go farther with education. And um, so I got a, I actually got a job at the University of Idaho's animal science program and was accepted into that program. But um, I had to move to Idaho and um, I, my daughter was 14-ish at the time and, um, and we had no support system there and I would have been a full-time employee and a full-time PhD student and um, I just, I was worried that um, my daughter would have to pick up the slack and I didn't think that was fair um, to put all that responsibility on a 14 year old. Um, not to mention, um, I worried about doing the same thing to my uh, children that happened to me as was not being emotionally or physically present um, for my kids. And that's something that I went through and, um, and I didn't want to do that to them. Um, so I ended up turning it down and um, and then shortly after I saw the job at TCC and um, I just applied for it. I'm like, oh, let's just see. Cause um, I, the Brown and Haley job, um, like I said, there's just a lot of monotony and, um, and and the science was very surface level um, and I needed more. I needed more, I needed more enrichment. I needed more critical thinking. I, um, I just, it wasn't doing it for me. And um, anyway, so I applied at TCC. When I went into my interview, one of my old instructors was in there. And um, so that was, that was pretty, that was fun, you know? I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> do you remember me? And um, so, and yeah, so I've been at TCC, April was, was a year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, did your, did your uh, professor recognize you in the interview? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, like, how could I ever forget you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there was a sense, like, you know, an interview, it, it's nerve wracking and scary. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, but when I saw her, there's a, a small sense of relief and like, oh, you know, like I don't have to be as um, freaked out, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and um, yeah, it was super. And then Diane, Di so I don't know, Diane um, Alves is my boss and um, she is, um, so she's my supervisor and she's, um, but she's also in charge of chemistry. And I took a lot of chemistry at TCC. And um, so I had seen Diane pretty regularly preparing the labs and cleaning up after the labs. And um, so she was in there too. And she's my boss. Um, I don't know if she remembered me, remembered me, but um, I remembered her. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but so it's nice to have two familiar faces, I guess. Right. Know? Yeah, that's really great. Uh, mm-hmm. So you you talked about getting offered that that position at Idaho and mm-hmm. turning it down. What degree do you hold? I guess um, this is the question I'm going for here. <laughs> so um, I have an associate's in biology with a specialization in biology. Mm-hmm. And then I have a bachelor's of art um, in biology. And the reason for the bachelor of arts and not science is because the University of Idaho needed, um, needed me to gra- uh, start um, the position, the job um, in January. And um, they offered uh, me the job in August. Um, and so this August of what, two, a couple years ago, okay? So this, mm-hmm. but anyways, so they offered me the job in August and they're like, we need you to start January 1st. Well, I had two more semesters at PLU so I got my um, bachelor's of science and, and um, they're like, no, we need you to graduate sooner so you could start. And um, so there's actually some hiccups because the, um, the wording of the job description uh, was must have a bachelor's, not upon start date or um, so there's a lot that goes into the wording of a job listing, which I've learned now. And um, because they said must have bachelors, I had to graduate prior to January 1st. So I had to switch to a bachelor's of art in biology in order to graduate quicker. Um, another thing that was kind of, um, kind of sad for me was um, I had Thanks to Tacoma Community College, um, I had found a new passion, which was Spanish. And um, Bruno Arzola, he's one of the Spanish teachers there. Mm-hmm. Dude, he changed my life, okay? Anyways, um, so I continued that at PLU. So I was minoring in Spanish as well. And due to the fact of them needing me to graduate sooner, um, I had to drop the minor as well. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't, um, you know, there's some mixed feelings there because I changed my whole educational path that I'd been working towards for uh, multiple years uh, to mold for this position so that I could start it. And, um, and, um, and then that didn't happen. So. so have you considered going back and finishing that minor or finishing up like a Bachelor of Science at some point? So, you know, I haven't thought about that, but what I had thought about, um, I have, no, what, what I do think about very regularly and look into very regularly um, is to continue my education. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would just be moving on to a master's at this point. Um, but it is really not, not as hard. There are no part-time master programs in biology biology um and so being a full-time student i mean a full-time employee uh tcc uh, i have a 10 year old little boy and i have a 17 year old daughter um so with all that responsibility um i'm i'm weary to take on a full-time uh become a full-time student again uh and there's there's nothing if there is something and somebody hears this please let me know because i've been researching and researching and talking with schools and uh, uh, um i I can't find something part-time um so i'm wondering if right now is just not the time um so there is there's some stuff being offered now because of covid um, but I worry, um, it's a gamble because, um, it's a, it's a gamble because, um, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. And, um, as of right now, uh, an online biology master's degree, um, probably wouldn't be, um, accepted out of a lot of jobs 
um, because again, biology is one of those hands-on um, hands-on things. Um, but who knows how long this whole deal with COVID will go on, and and that could change um, because how many? I mean, we're going through this right now. There's so many um, students who major students who have to have these biology classes to to move forward, and so. If this continues, schools are going to have to recognize that and jobs even, or we would hope they would, you know? Right. So, so, so that acceptance for online um, science degrees um, could change, but, but we don't know. And so um, I did find a program at the University of Florida um, that's an online master's program. Um, but I'm weary because I hate to go into debt more and then not be able to use it to uh, move move um, up in my career or into a new career, you know? Yeah. And um, so anyways, that's something I'm kind of uh, struggling with. And um, uh, like as we speak, is do I take this gamble and, and go for it and hope for the best or um or do I play it safe and um not uh register for this online master's program so so anyways but yes I really want to go back to school <laughs> more more learning more education yeah. I think is and, never and you know the reality might be I just need it might have to be put on hold for a few years until my uh, children are a little older. Uh, my son, my daughter too. I mean, my my daughter's actually a running start student at GCC. And um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I feel bad for her though, because her first two um, quarters, you know, were on campus and well, no, almost three because spring, it happened in spring. Oh, so, right. um, and she, she was loving it, you know, that new freedom and just being mm -hmm. in a different environment. And she was really enjoying it. And now everything's online. And right. so, um, so anyways, but um, um, my son being 10, um, he still um, needs a lot of attention and time. And, um, and my daughter does too, but, you know, on a different level. And um, like he needs help with homework. And like my daughter can do her homework by herself. But, uh, but anyways, uh, so it just might not be time right now. And I might just have to wait. Um, but I'm a non-traditional student. So uh, I went back to school at an older age. Um, and so, you know, I... Sometimes feel like I've wasted some time already, and that I'm a little behind. And um, so, um, I yeah. But on the flip side, I I've met I've met people and women who have done it and gone back to school at a later age, and you know, and fulfilled those goals and dreams they had. It just took longer, and so so that might be what what I have to do. I don't know. It's all up in the air right now. <laughs> it is all up in the air. There's, there's a quote that I really like, and I think about it because I, I just finished my AA at TCC. Um, and I think I'm, I'm non-traditional as well. I'm an older student. And so, uh, but there's a quote that says something like, oh, I can't go back to college now because I'll be this old by the time I'm done. And the point mm -hmm. is, is that you're going to be that old anyway. So you might as well do it. Right. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, so I think of that sometimes when I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and you know, something else that I think about too is um, like, I would rather go through that and the, just the, not all struggle, but it, it can be um, a struggle uh, going back to school, especially when you have a lot of other priorities that um, a younger student might not have. Uh, um, and, but there's younger students who work full time. And I mean, you know, everybody's different and everybody's able to do it, especially with, I think it's more important. I, I don't want to live with the regret, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, right. oh, I should have done that. Or what if I did that? Or, it is, I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get there. So do you have a piece of unconventional advice that you think that you would like to pass on? I can think of a couple things, actually. Something that I think is really important is to be flexible. So um, 
You know, sometimes we have tunnel vision on, on a goal or what we think something, the way something should be or how our life should be. Or, um, and um, if we're not open-minded and flexible, you could miss out on opportunities that you had no idea about, you know? And um, I, I, and I think about that with like vet school, if I, cause I was tunnel, tunnel vision on vet school. And um, although I'm not where I want to be today, uh, I love my job and I love TCC and I love, you know I mean? I, like I am so grateful for this opportunity I have at Tacoma Community College and they're feeding my, my mind and my soul in so many ways. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be experiencing this right now and the people and um, if I was tunnel vision, you know, and I think it's okay to, um, for things not to go as planned as, as long as you embrace and, and take advantage of whatever the opportunities are and, and just be in that moment and get as much of it, much from it that you can, whether it be just learning or relationships or whatever, whatever the case might be. So another thing that I think of is um, like, like it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to um, not get straight A's. It's okay to struggle. It's okay, um, yeah, it's, it's okay, <laughs> like, it's okay, and to be kind to yourself, you know, because yes. there was a while, you know, I have a little bit of perfectionism in me, and, um, and when I went back to school, being a single mom, and older, and working full-time, um, I had this ridiculous standard that I felt like I had to meet that was just impossible, like, uh, or I could have met it, but then others in my life would have paid the price, mm-hmm. like my children, you know? So in the beginning at TCC, I'm like, I have to have straight A's. Uh, I have to be this amazing employee. I have to um, be this amazing mom. My house has to be amazingly clean. I have you know, I have mm-hmm. everything is it. And there's no way I could have done any of that. And I had an instructor at TCC sit me down one day and say, it is okay to get a C. It's okay. Like C's get degrees, you know? <laughs> and, um, and they, and they broke it down for me. Like you're, you'll kill yourself trying to be this perfect person because it's not going to happen. And then be a per- because I had this, the way I was raised where I gravitated towards my teachers in school because I was lacking at home, the attention that I needed. Due to that, um, I, I tried to be a perfect student and, um, and I got praised for it, you know, so I had associated those two together, like validation and acceptance through being a perfect student. But when I had all these responsibilities by being a mom, a single mom working full time, I I couldn't be a perfect student, you know, like this was not possible. And, and that's okay, you know, mm-hmm. so, but that, that was a hard lesson I had to learn, and I'm super grateful I learned it at TCC, because when I went to PLU, you know, I didn't have that hanging over my head, I, I was just able to do the best that I could with what I had, and it was fine, and it worked out. That's great. Yeah. So you've, you've talked a lot about uh, your family and, uh, and growing up and how, you know, your kids have really influenced decisions and things that you've, yeah. that you've made, uh, which is great. But my question uh, really here is how do you handle self-care? How do you make sure that in the midst of all of this, you take care of yourself so that you can take care of your kids and do well? Yeah. So self, self-care is actually really important to me. You know, there were many years where I didn't take care of myself, but I've learned that, uh, you know, I can't take care of anybody else if I don't take care of myself first. So for me, I really enjoy the outdoors and exercise. Uh, Exercise um, is an outlet for me, a stress outlet for me. I, um, I have anxiety and I'm kind of high strung at times. Exercise really takes the edge off for me. Um, I've 
Uh, with anxiety, I've tried all avenues um, to treat anxiety, like medication and counseling. Um, and But anyway, so the one thing that I found that worked better than anything was exercise, regular exercise. So I've had to be a little creative lately because gyms aren't open, you know. So another thing that uh, for self-care for me are nurturing some of the relationships I have with uh, women in my life, friends of mine, you know. And, um, and again, that's been challenged lately due to COVID. Just making sure that I have regular time with, with the women who are important in my life. So I try to make that a priority. So those are my two big self-care necessities, I guess, that like I can't go without, you know? That's really great. That's, I need to do more of those things. Yeah. And look though, it took me, it took me a long time. It took me, it took me a while and going through some hell to figure, figure that out. So, you know, something else that's, really amazing I keep talking about getting back into it and I haven't is meditation meditation I used to meditate it was amazing and it did wonders um it was hard and challenging at first and it took me some months to um really get the full benefit of it and um to be able to do it once I did get there it was life-changing and I you know I hate to say this I've been talking about doing it for a couple years now it is something that's helped me before. So maybe I need to quit talking about it and be about it, huh? <laughs> Sometimes that first step is the hardest one. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have one more question for yeah. you. Um, and that is uh, your, your journey has been long and it sounds like kind of hard at some points, but what has surprised you the most along the way to where you are today? What has surprised me the most? I didn't go into detail um, with everything. I've had some huge struggles in my life. I've been, I was abused as a child and my parents weren't present. I struggled for a while. I, yeah, I had a rough childhood. And then as I became an adult, I I struggled. I had some issues due to the trauma from my childhood. You know, I think one of the, and and I've made some poor choices over the years. I really have. One of the things I think that surprised me the most was seeing that I could change my life around and that I could, uh, that I am productive and I am smart. I am a good person and a good mother. You know, it took, it took a while and um, a lot of working on myself, a lot of working on myself to, um, to be able to see that, you know, and, and there's days still that, but I struggle with that. Like, am I enough? Am I good enough? Am I, am I good enough at my job? If, you know what I mean? So still under there, but not to the extent that it used to be. So just, you know, cause there was a time in my life where um, I didn't think that I'd be able to be where I am today. And, and with that, like now I have hope for the future, like um, that I can be more and do more in all aspects of my life, not just education and career, all aspects of my life, especially with my children. So, so yeah, yeah, that's what came to mind. That's really, that's really great. And I'm glad that you realized those things. Uh, yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't get to talk to you and hear from you and you wouldn't do right. the work that you do at TCC. So thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with us, Adrian. We really appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm super happy to be a part of, and you know, so like one of the things that's important to me today is, um, is to give back because people have uh, helped me in so many ways. And even if it's just been my cheerleader, you know what I mean? Like some of those people were the most um, important in my life, just believing in me when I didn't believe in myself. So TCC has done so much for me, like as a student, as a mother, um, and now as an employee and, and on a personal level. And so anything I can do to like help support the TCC community because they have supported me, like I... I love TCC. <laughs> like, I really do. They have supported me in so many ways uh, with my education. Uh, yeah, anyways, I've already said it all. Anyways, 
So to be able to give back, even if it's little, you know, just a little or give a student some hope or, or even give us like, hey, I can relate to that. If they can do that, then I can do it too. You know what I mean? So yeah, Quest Mesa is awesome. I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Thank you so much again, uh, Adrian, for taking the time to talk to us and sharing your story. This podcast would be completely and utterly impossible uh, without people like you uh, and our other guests who have been on and who have been willing to share a piece of themselves, even when some of those pieces are a little bit uh, painful or not things that we generally um, like to talk about or that are very hard to talk about, I guess I should say. Uh, are you, yes, you, the person listening to this, a TCC Mesa student or a TCC uh, STEM professor who would be willing to share your, your journey and your story? If so, please shoot us an email, mesa at tacomacc.edu, or hit us up on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, make sure that you are following us. That's where updates about this podcast get sent out. Uh, we are on Twitter at Mesa at TCC. That's the at sign, M-E. E-S-A-A-T-T-C-C. This podcast is brought to you by the Mesa program at Tacoma Community College. All music is provided by Purple Planet at www.purple-planet.com, providing royalty-free music for the masses. Do you have a Mesa or a TCC update that you would like this podcast to share? Please feel free to shoot us an email, mesa at tacomacc.edu, with the subject line, Mesa Message Updates. If you've enjoyed this production, please consider leaving a review on your podcast provider of choice. Reviews help us get noticed and allow more people to enjoy the content we provide. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you next time. Have a good day.